When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, 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 Teacher Sam here. Welcome to episode one, season five. Yes, 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 we are on season five with you, me, and words. This is my second episode tonight. So yes, I decided to give you guys a treat. I decided to give you guys a little present tonight because you have been so patient waiting for these new episodes. I just had like a three week winter break. I wasn't recording during this time. And so you guys were very patient and I really, really appreciate that. So as a thank you, I'm actually giving you two podcast episodes tonight. Listen. I'm not here to play. I'm very serious. I'm here to help you to learn and I want to be a good example to you guys in terms of what it means to really be serious about your goals, about your, uh, you know, promises and your objectives, okay? So my promise is to continue to teach you English, to continue to help you to learn. And so here we are. Okay, for those of you who have listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm reading a wonderful English book with you guys called Charlotte's Web. I have to say this, you know, I'm, I don't own this book. I'm not the owner of this book. I don't owe, own any kind of copyrights or anything like that to this book. I'm just reading it to you as a way to help you to get better at, you know, reading books in English. And I strongly recommend that you buy this book on Amazon. I think it costs like, I don't know, $9, $10. I recommend that you buy it. The name of the book is Charlotte's Web. And the writer is E.B. White. E.B. White. So I strongly recommend you buy this book so that you can, you know, read it or, you know, follow in the book as I'm reading this book and you can highlight the words and write down the new words and all that stuff. Now, of course, if you just started listening to this podcast, I strongly recommend go back and, you know, look for the very, very beginning, the very first chapter of this book. And so, you know, listen to the chapters, enjoy the chapters and follow the story. Tonight, I'm going to read chapter 14 oh my god chapter 14 we are almost done with this book so let me get started immediately the next day was saturday fern stood at the kitchen sink drying the breakfast dishes as her mother washed them mrs arable worked silently she hoped fern would go out and play with other children instead of heading for the Zuckerman's barn to sit and watch animals. Charlotte is the best storyteller I ever heard, said Fern, 
poking her dish towel into a cereal bar. Fern, said her mother sternly, you must not invent things. You know spiders don't tell stories. Spiders can't talk. Charlotte can, replied Fern. She doesn't talk very loud, but she talks. What kind of story did she tell? asked Mrs. Arable. Well, began Fern, she told us about a cousin of hers who caught a fish in her web. Don't you think that's fascinating? Fern, dear, how would a fish get in a spider's web? said Mrs. Arable. You know it couldn't happen. You're making this up. So, let's make a little, little pause here. Let's take a little break here. I want to talk about this page. What exactly is going on here? Well, Fern, who is um, Mrs. Arable's daughter, is sharing with her mother here. She says, hey, Charlotte is the best storyteller. And it's like, okay, teacher, but who is Charlotte? Remember, Charlotte is a spider in this story. And imagine your daughter tells you, oh, mom, I'm talking to a spider, right? Her mom feels very concerned, very worried. She's like, what? What are you talking about? Don't you know that spiders can't talk? So I think it's really interesting that the answer that the mom is giving to her daughter here. Why? Because I think it represents, you know, an adult speaking to a child. And very often as adults, we kind of kill a child's imagination. Sometimes as adults, we, uh, we don't allow children to have this kind of broad sense of imagination. And that's exactly what we are seeing here on this first page, right? Fern's mom says, hey, what are you talking about? You know, spiders can't talk, right? But Fern, she, she continues to push on this idea and she says, well, Charlotte can talk. And then she asks her mom, you know, don't you think that's fascinating? Don't you think that's amazing? Don't you think that's interesting? Right? So let me continue here on the next page. Oh, it happened all right, replied Fern. Charlotte never fibs. This cousin of hers built a web across a stream. One day she was hanging around on the web and on the web and a tiny fish leaped into the air and got tangled in the web. The fish was caught by one fin. Mother, its tail was wildly thrashing and, and shining in the sun. Can't you just see the web sagging dangerously under the weight of the fish? Charlotte's cousin kept slipping in, dodging out and she was beaten mercilessly over the head by the wildly thrashing fish, dancing in, dancing out, throwing fern, snapped her mother. Stop it. Stop inventing these wild tales. I'm not inventing, said fern. I'm just telling you the facts. What finally happened? asked her mother, whose curiosity began to get better, to get the better of her. Charlotte's cousin won. She wrapped the fish up, then she ate him when she got good at got good and ready. 
Spiders have to eat the same as the rest of us. Yes, I suppose they do, said Mrs. Arable, vaguely. Charlotte has another cousin who is a balloonist. She stands on her head, lets out a lot of, a lot of line, and is carried aloft on the wind. Mother, wouldn't you simply love to do that? Yes, I would, come to think of it, replied Mrs. Arable. But Fern, darling, I wish you would play outdoors today instead of going to Uncle Homer's barn. Find some of your playmates and do something nice outdoors. You're spending too much time in that barn. It isn't good for you to be alone so much. Alone, said Fern. Alone? My best friends are in the barn cellar. It is very, it is a very sociable place. Not at all lonely. Fern disappeared after a while, walking down the road toward Zuckerman's. Her mother dusted the sitting room. As she worked, she kept thinking about Fern. It didn't seem natural for a little girl to be so interested in animals. Finally, Mrs. Arable made up her mind she would pay a call she would pay a call on old Dr. Dorian and ask his advice. She got in the car and drove to his office in the village. Dr. Dorian had a thick beard. He was glad to see Mrs. Arable and gave her a comfortable chair. It's about Fern, she explained. Fern spends entirely too much time in the Zuckerman's barn. It doesn't seem normal. She sits on a milk stool in a corner of the barn cellar near the pig pen and watches animals hour after hour. She just sits and listens. Dr. Dorian leaned back and closed his eyes. How enchanting, he said. It must be real nice and quiet down there. Homer had some sheep. Homer has some sheep, hasn't he? Yes, said Mrs. Arable. But it all started with that pig we let Fern raise on a bottle. She calls him Wilbur. Homer bought the pig, and ever since it left our place, Fern has been going to her uncle's to be near it. I've been hearing things about that pig, said Dr. Dorian, opening his eyes. They say he's quite a pig. Have you heard about the words that appeared in the spider's web? asked Mrs. Arable nervously. Yes, replied the doctor. Well, do you understand it? asked Mrs. Arable. Understand what? Do you understand how there could be any writing in a spider's web? Oh no, said Dr. Dorian. I don't understand it. But for that matter, I don't understand how a spider learned to spin a web in the first place. When the words appeared, everyone said they were a miracle. But nobody pointed out that the web itself is a miracle. What's miraculous about a spider's web, said Mrs. Arable. I don't see why you say a web is a miracle. It's just a web. Ever try to spin one? asked Mr. Dorian. Mrs. Arable shifted uneasily in her chair. No, she replied, but I can crochet a dolly and I can knit a sock. Sure, said the doctor, but somebody taught you, didn't they? Let me make a little break here. Let me take a little break here. It's 
such an interesting conversation that Mrs. Arable is having with the doctor. First of all, she decided to go to see a doctor because she's so worried about her daughter. Her daughter doesn't really play much. She doesn't do things that normal kids do. So what's the message that the writer is trying to share with us in this chapter? I think he's trying to remind us that not everybody is the same. He's trying to tell us, don't be so quick to judge when you see someone who maybe seems a little different. Okay, maybe they are different in a good way. Not everybody is the same. Not everybody has to be the same, right? Okay, I think that's one of the messages. But also, it's so interesting how the doctor is talking about the miracle of just a simple spider web. And maybe right now I could share with you guys, ever since I read this book for the first time, I swear to God, every time I see a spider, a spider web, I always think about this book. Always. Why? Because it truly is a miracle. Have you ever thought about that before? I mean, who taught a spider how to make a web? I think that's a phenomenal question. Have you ever thought about that question before? Okay, I know how to jump. I know how to run. I know how to walk. I know how to write. But somebody taught me how to do all these things. Who taught a spider how to make a web? Isn't that a good question? Isn't that an amazing question? Now you say, but okay, teacher, why? Why does the writer want us to think about this question? Because I think we are always looking for miracles as human beings. But very often we don't see the miracles that are right in front of us. And, and watching a spider, you know, creating a web to me is a miracle. It truly is because you wonder who taught this spider how to make this complicated web? Who taught this spider how to do this, right? So these are the questions that the writer of this book wants us to think about. <clears throat> My mother taught me, well, who taught a spider? A young spider knows how to spin a web without any instructions from anybody. Don't you regard that as a miracle? I suppose so, said Mrs. Arable. I never looked at it that way before. Still, I don't understand how those words got into the web. I don't understand it, and I don't like what I can't understand. None of us do, said Dr. Dorian, sighing. <sighs> That's what you do when you sigh, by the way. I'm a doctor. Doctors are supposed to understand everything, but I don't understand everything, and I don't intend to let it worry me. Mrs. Arable fidgeted. Fern says the animals talk to each other. Dr. Dorian, do you believe animals talk? I never heard one say anything, he replied, but that proves nothing. It is quite possible that an animal has spoken civilly to me and that I didn't catch the remark because I wasn't paying attention. Children pay better attention than grown-ups. If Fern says, uh, sorry, if Fern says that the animals in Zuckerman's barn talk, 
I'm quite ready to believe her. Perhaps if people talked less, animals would talk more. People are incessant talkers. I can give you my word on that. Well, I feel better about Fern, said Mrs. Arable. You don't think I need to worry about her? Does she look well? asked the doctor. Oh, yes. Appetite good? Oh, yes, she's always hungry. Sleep well at night? Oh, yes. Then don't worry, said the doctor. Do you think she'll ever start thinking about something besides pigs and sheep and geese and spiders? How old is Fern? She's eight. Well, said Dr. Dorian, I think she will always love animals, but I doubt that she spends her entire life in Homer Zuckerman's barn cellar. How about boys? Does she know any boys? She knows Henry Fussy, said Mrs. Arable brightly. Dr. Dorian closed his eyes again and went into deep thought. Henry Fussy, he mumbled. Hmm, remarkable. Well, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Let Fern associate with her friends in the barn if she wants to. I would say offhand that spiders and pigs were fully as interesting as Henry Fussy. Yet, I predict that the day will come when even Henry will drop some chance remark that catches Fern's attention. It's amazing how children change from year to year. How's Avery? He asking, opening his eye. He asked, opening his eyes wide. Oh, Avery! <laughs> chuckled Mrs. Arable. Avery is always fine. Of course, he gets into poison ivy and gets stung by wasps and bees and brings frogs and snakes home and breaks everything he lays his hands on. He's fine. Good, said the doctor. Mrs. Arable said goodbye and thanked Dr. Dorian very much for his advice. She felt greatly relieved. That's the end of the chapter, my dear students. Pay attention to this wonderful conversation that Mrs. Arable is having with the doctor. Really, I think the doctor thinks she's too worried. She shouldn't be worried. The doctor is also reminding us, hey, children are children. Let them be children. Don't stress them out. Don't kill their vibe. Don't kill their good times, right? Okay, allow them to have a wild imagination. Allow them to have an imagination right? So I hope you enjoyed this chapter and I really hope you enjoyed this book just as much as I do. See you guys next Wednesday. Thank you.